Hello and welcome to I Hate Coding. My name is Alex Clue and this is episode number four. Thank you for joining me this Wednesday in March of 2019 and uh, let's get into it. So first and foremost, thank you for everyone that's new for joining and if you're returning, thank you for returning. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, which is really nice and motivating to continue going with this project. I guess in this episode, I wanted to give some context to some people that may know me, but may not know some sides of me. In other words, there's certain things that people find surprising about me uh, as they spend more time with me and get, you know, uh, as we grow in our relationships. And it's usually... You know, it's it's usually has been around my age. So I was born in 1987, just to give you perspective. So I am 31 in March 2019. And whenever you're listening, just do your own math. So I guess I'll get back to the context of why my age is important, why I want to talk about it today. And the other thing I want to talk about is that people find interesting about me when they find about is that I also like hip hop and I like rap music, and I like basically all music, to be honest with you. I went through a phase where I listened to pretty much everything, and that includes things like Bach being one of my favorite things to listen to sometimes. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. And another thing that people find interesting about me is they usually think I'm quiet, and I usually don't talk much or don't have many opinions or not interested or basically introverted and it's kind of interesting to be making a podcast right now and trying out this medium because usually have been interested more in the background type of tasks of figuring out how to how to do things and I'm never usually have been in the forefront and I guess for the longest time I was I was conscientious of my accent it's probably I think that made a big one for me just figuring out that I'm I spoke too soft or or maybe I heard myself pronounce words differently and you know growing up as an immigrant in Canada and learning language by diving into the environment it probably made me so self-conscious so I never really liked speaking and if you know me I like communicating I'm very passionate about certain certain subject matter and if you get me in the right, you know, mood and the right environment, you can actually have to tell me to stop talking about something. And another thing that I do that I've been trying to work better on is uh, making thoughts, contexts flow better. I usually jump around a lot. My mind is very chaotic. And I sometimes, Laura knows me by now, but sometimes I bring back ideas. It could be days or weeks between. And it, it's nice that she's used to now, but by understanding my context. But I, I imagined that my parents when I was growing up, you know, they probably had a difficult time dealing with this moody teenager who doesn't talk and, you know, always spends his time on the computer. And that's going back to me growing up and how I didn't go into engineering, math or computer science and kind of just, I guess my parents saw me that I didn't, that I found computers interesting or whatever. And it helped that my dad was also working in software and was, I think his degree is in math. If I'm not forgetting, uh, sorry, dad, if you're listening. <laughs> so my dad was very logical and very software driven, very like, you know, black and white, yes, no. So I, I enjoyed interacting with him and he kind of taught me a lot about software before I got into software. And I guess that's why I continued my, uh, interests 
of just playing around at home with computers, not knowing anything, all before getting into software engineering where I am now. All of this to say is that I embrace technology. And for me, growing up alone and being conscientious, I spent a lot of time alone, alone and it might have looked weird to my parents or my friends or whoever. I found internet and technology for me helped me understand the world and connected me to other people that I found interesting. And I honestly don't know if I'd be where I am today without YouTube and more specifically Khan Academy and Mr. Khan himself. I was fascinated by him, particularly because I think I found him interesting that he had so much education and he was so good at explaining concepts from so many different angles in a way that I could understand. And I understand that his teaching methods might might not be for you, but they're really good for me. And in my experience in the past, it's usually people with higher education have been usually very black and white and it was very refreshing i guess to see a different view so spend a lot of time with technology so to me technology was not very you know plus or minus it just was it helped me and i used it to grow um but i was also aware uh, talking to my dad about some negative sides of the industry for example problems of ageism problems with growth problems with, with just overall technical communications and clashing between people that are very intelligent that may or may not have super superb communication skills and resolution skills and that we have maybe nowadays and so I kind of was aware going into all of that when I was jumping into software engineering and another thing that I was aware of is that my dad was working with this programming language called Ada and he was working on the company that I've never heard of in Ottawa and that kind of opened up a different view on computing for me it, going back to the previous episode where I told you about seeing a pie chart in actual software engineering where web represented a small component of software well when I saw Saw that graph it nicely connected me to my dad growing up where he worked in some other field of software that I wasn't even aware of and I guess from that point on I kind of started to be mindful of where software runs and what I mean by that is if there's a product out there that runs some kind of software there's probably a company that's responsible for it all of this winded way for me to say is that I know currently there's a lot of push for technology people not to consider higher education and not to consider going to university but I feel like if you have an opportunity and you can pursue that goal I feel like you should at least give that education a try because what going through that institution allows you to do is utilize the resources given to you. One of the challenges I, I remember by talking to students when I was a TA at the engineering was that there was, it's a little bit overwhelming when you get into school and there's there may or may not be a lot of hand-holding and there's a lot of resources thrown at you. So you might not be aware of what you can do, but I feel like if you go into the degree with an eye that there's resources and you just have to look for them or maybe you ask around or ask upper levels of students, you can figure out how you can utilize you know the education to maybe see different careers opportunities so for example if you go I'm speaking from experience of looking at jobs at University of Ottawa in Ottawa Canada capital of Canada and if you haven't been there kind of picture it like a, a government city so like Washington DC kind of I've only been there once <laughs> so it's kind of a government city so you have a lot of opportunities to work for just because of being accredited with a you know a university degree that you might have a more challenging entry as an outsider if you know what I mean 
having an accredited degree and working and going through an institution that means something, it allows these employers to look at these candidates through a different eye and kind of remove a little bit of risk when they're hiring these people because usually these institutions have partnerships. So when I was going through software engineering and I was, I actually had to, back when I was applying, I had to physically apply into co-op the curriculum to be accepted. You have to have a certain GPA and you have to like apply and be selected. Anyways, when I got in, I, when I was, it was my turn to apply for co-op positions. I basically, knew that I wanted to work with web technologies. I wanted to figure out the web out. I was at that time, I think second year, it was in 2015. And I knew that I wasn't particularly interested in JavaScript because JavaScript wasn't where it is today, but Ruby on Rails seemed like magic. I couldn't really run Java on my computers. I. It just, Java always took either a lot of, re, usually took a lot of resources for me. Plus I wasn't really interested at that point, but Ruby on Rails I knew was interesting. I wanted to do that. In Ottawa, it was not a lot of places that did Ruby on Rails, but I did see one place and I applied and it, it just so happened that I got in and I was super excited to work there. And my other friends obviously applied to, you know, the, the Googles and the Amazons and the Facebooks and they went those ways. But I figured that those are kind of the known, you know, those are the known employers. Those are that everyone in the world is applying to, that's, that competing is against. So I feel like once I finished university, if I wanted to work there, I figured I might as well would be applying there. So during my time at co-op, I wanted to spend time at places that I might not have otherwise looked at. You know what I mean? And I was really surprised working at that place. I, I, I learned a lot. I learned about about like a, a good good business practices, about businesses that kind of are transparent with employees. They show them, you know, they invite them, they show them the business numbers, they talk about their strategies. And to be honest with you, until that time, I think I haven't had a different perspective on the business where businesses kind of care for you. The closest I had was working at FedEx when I had my own route and I was delivering. It was the second time when I've seen the business where I was caring for its employees. And it felt nice because technology can look very negative a lot of the time. So to know that there's positive alternatives was very refreshing. So I guess also through this internship, I, I, I guess co-op experience, I, I figured that if I work hard, I could have a possibility of maybe having a part-time opportunity. So what I'm trying to say with that is that if you're looking at local opportunities where your local companies work on interesting projects, you would have, I guess what I'm trying to say is <laughs> if you actually use the institutions that, that, you know, the resources that institutions provide and go through their streams, you might be able to find out opportunities that you might not have known you like. For example, the project that I was working on was a, a real-time network tooling diagram that I don't think there would have been something like that in, you know, in other places that I was working at in 2015 and I was working on the actual product that people were using with meaningful, you know, changes. And it, it's very, it, it's, it gave me a nice perspective of what it's like as to be treated as if you were working full time. And you're also kind of, you know, you work with your own teammates that are there day in and day out and do this full time. So you get to see how industries work. Now, usually there's certain terms that you have to do for your co-op placement. 
So for the second placement co-op, I decided to try one of the bigger companies in Ottawa at that time. Oh, by the way, when you're applying through co-op programs, there's usually at least there was to us, there was two paths. You either find your own placement and then you, then you do all of the paperwork and then you, you glue it all together or the office provided all of the work for you and all you had to do was apply, click the apply button. So being the lazy one and seeing the opportunities provided, well, not lazy, I guess it, it also shows you, it's just a different way of looking for opportunities. So anyways. Don't work harder, work smarter. Don't work harder, work smarter. So, Long story short, I applied at IBM and I was very excited to see when I got that interview call and I went through the procedure and eventually ended up in IBM and IBM gave me a different perspective of, of a different kind of business working. Like it was a, a Fortune 50 company with over 300,000 actual software personnel working. It, it, it's a big deal. So I got to see what processes are like, but I was also interested uh, from the perspective of a future employee. You know what I mean? I tried to I tried to go to all of the meetings that I, I was allowed to. I tried to see their hackathons, their their progressions. I, I tried to visit all of the facilities that we could. There was a pool hall that we played with the other co-ops. I tried to co communicate with the other co-op students from particularly Water Waterloo University. I tried to see what kind of uh, payment structures their co-op you know, offers to them and tried to compare and contrast to what we were getting in Ottawa just to get a perspective of like, you know, the feelers out there. And both of these experiences, uh, I kind of wouldn't have otherwise considered if it wasn't working through the system. Do you know what I mean? When you, when I look nowadays on some career opportunities in the software field, you, you kind of get overwhelmed. There's so much need everywhere. There's so much need of opportunity out there for software personnel that it's kind of nice. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is by going through the institution and actually utilizing the resources, I was able to work at at least two places that I might not have worked otherwise and connected me to people that I might have not have connected with before. And I guess these opportunities are not always evident when you're searching there on your own. They, they kind of come around by either networking with your friends, your colleagues, or just being proactive in the area. But when you're going through a system like a university, there's kinds of partnerships and filtration systems in place that make finding such opportunities a little bit easier. And this is kind of my long-winded way to say that although there are cases for not going through university institution, I feel like there are also some still useful cases for going through institution. Another case that was strong for me besides this co-op alignment was the idea of keeping up your grades high and you know applying for scholarships you know it's kind of nice looking back at it now beneficial in the sense that if i ever to go wanted to go back into masters my grades are good enough to do that and at the same time, it allowed me to pay for my schooling without, by doing what I like, without having to resort to work elsewhere part-time. And that was a nice change for once, I guess. Um, but now that I have graduated from the university and I don't have those resources at hand and I'm kind of, you know, out here against everyone else that's competing for these positions, it's kind of, it's interesting to think about the, the, the effects of ageism and read about forums out there. I'm a big fan of reading, but 
I like reading a lot. You know, I like reading forums a lot. I like reading blogs, threads, all that type of information, watching videos. But I kind of get this constant theme of people being afraid of working in technology and keeping up or switching to a different company or trying out a new field. And I guess what I'm trying to say is this kind of comes with the territory of working in software. It's kind of like we're in a fast-paced environment creating tools that are doing more and more by using less and less people you know what i mean and it's kind of working ourselves i don't want to say out of the job but making the making you really need to rely not rely on the tools but kind of work one in one with the tools and i guess before going into degree i went into it being mindful that you might not you know be paid be paid the same amount as in the future what I'm trying to say is just be mindful of uh, if you're jumping careers or switching into software of the future is uncertain. So if 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 software perhaps is not everything that you want to do or is not as glamorous as you see it, perhaps you might want to try something else. But that is not to say that working in software just nine to five is a bad thing. I've met plenty of people that just want to work their nine to five, have a nice uh, you know, a holiday and have vacation and have maternity leave and all those needed things. So I guess I'm just trying to say, be truthful to yourself when you're looking into software field. And when you're looking at, I guess I'm looking at jobs nowadays and keeping an eye on them. One of the things that is seems to be deterrent to most people is algorithms. Because when you think about computer science of software, I think from what I've heard, most people think about algorithms and most of the companies hiring nowadays use some kind of automated testing system. In other words, you have to be prepared to kind of go through the motions and jump through the hoops in order to be eligible to pass those filtration steps because I don't we don't currently have a better way of you know hiring as far as I've seen and I've read there there there've been multiple companies over the years that tried many different things and it's like time and time again they always come back to these these types of standardized testing for software just because i guess it 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 just makes hiring tolerable <laughs> there's just so many people applying is what i'm trying to say but as somebody who i guess if you listen to the previous episode who's not a fan of physics and finds math as some utility that i i use here i'm also in the in the bag of finding algorithms challenging from the perspective is it's like i don't know i don't find them fun i don't find i i, I kind of need meaning behind the be, behind the problem when you go through engineering you kind of get taught to problem solve to kind of just like here's a problem figure it out and usually <laughs> the, the the heuristic is you just start somewhere you kind of just start anywhere and, and and you build up on that you start with a baseline essentially and you list everything you know everything you don't know and and, and when you start going through their processes and you try different methods you, you figure it out and it's kind of how i felt about algorithms it's kind of just like uh, going through the emotions but i feel like i understand why you know it's kind of part of the game so my tactic personally is just jumping in on these practice websites and spending 
an hour or two practicing. I haven't started it to be honest with you. I'm trying to jump it in, jump it into my day-to-day -day activities, but that means removing myself from other projects because I also work full time. But I, I'm planning to start this week to just grinding on that lead code, and uh, I think like. I'll get into the habit of it because I know most of the answers kind of look towards hash map answers, you know, and arrays just because that's what people use day to day in their just coding hash maps everywhere, dictionaries and beautiful, beautiful arrays. I also know that for sorting, it's kind of the the quick way to approach those problems is to put everything in order first and then you search for stuff. I guess not sorting, searching. There's obviously searching problems in the algorithm questions and those are usually require you to sort first and then you search. So I guess that's kind of what's on my mind for this week. I don't know if it kind of gave you an idea of how I feel about employment in software engineering and software in general and how you should consider the institutions if they are available in your area and you can afford them. I feel like if, if you create a strategy or if you get lost, you use the resources available at the schools. Like there's people out there who you can literally go to and you'd be like, hey, I have no idea what's going on. I'm scared and can you help me? And other students use these resources as well. They're there for a reason and people can help you plan out. They can alleviate some stress. They can, you know, maybe help you l loosen up your schedule or universities are, f in at least in my experience, have been fairly accommodating if, if you use the resources and you play by the rules. And I feel like don't automatically neglect that option just because everyone says so. Kind of spend a little while, if you have some time, to think about if, if, if it's really not for you. Of course, you can always go back to school at some other time in the future. If, if, if you feel like you just wanna jump in and, and do stuff, then that perhaps that's what you wanna do. But don't forget that, and don't be discouraged that you can always jump into the school and learn but yeah it's like <laughs> the bashing on the schools i i totally understand what, what what people are trying to say but i also feel like they are important because a lot of local companies do a lot of wonderful work a lot of local companies that you might never have heard of might do some incredible things if you just start looking around and i don't know like i i i guess i look at the future and I, i'm excited for it i'm not as negative about technology as most people are. I'm very optimistic. I understand the challenges about it and you know it's like technology is my bestest of friends. <laughs> um, so I think that's where I'm going to finish this week my blabbing as I encounter my elite code grind this week. I'll keep you guys updated next time and I promise to answer voicemails this week and I guess I'm running out of time so I'll answer them next week. Thank you for listening. I've been Alex and this has been I Hate Coding and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye bye.